Hi friends, this is the season premiere of the seventh season of UTR's Green Room Door Podcast. I'm your host Dave Trout and we're kicking off year seven with back-to-back very special episodes featuring one of the biggest bands in Christian music in the late 90s and one of the all-time best live bands I've ever seen. And seen a lot. (laughs) That is Burlap to Cashmere. Well, since our season six finale, we've linked arms with Burlap on this, the 25th anniversary of their debut. So today's episode will catch you up to speed a bit on what we've started working on with Burlap. And at the beginning of this month, we had an incredible VIP fan weekend experience with Burlap in NYC. It was so much fun. And because we're podcasters, we don't have to be like, too bad for you, you totally missed out. No, we had cameras and mics recording a lot of it so we could invite you in. So today, we're going to be sharing a bit of an audio journal of that fan weekend. Ah, Buckle in, we're heading to the Big Apple to spend time with the one, the only, Burlap to Cashmere. To the music of Burlap to Cashmere, how do I sum this up quickly? Okay, well, coming from my perspective, I was just starting my broadcasting career. It was 1998. I was working at WCFL, a Christian music hit radio station just outside of Chicago, when Burlap to Cashmere arrived on the scene, and man, it stood out. The sound, the musicianship, the songwriting, it was all a cut above. It didn't sound like it came out of the typical Nashville industry factory. Coming to find out, and I didn't know this right out of the gate, Burlap to Cashmere was, I believe, the first ever reverse crossover band. So there were a lot of bands that would kind of make it big in the Christian music scene, and then they would, you know, Uh, sign a deal that would distribute them to the mainstream marketplace. It's happening right now with, with Lauren Daigle and for King and country. And back then it was happening with DC talk. And of course, Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, jars of clay artists like that. Uh, But burlap was first signed to a mainstream record label. The Christian labels were like, Hey, you know, based on the lyrics and, you know, just kind of what you guys are presenting, We think we have an audience that would really dig this in the gospel music world. Now, 
the band didn't even know there was such a world. They they didn't grow up in evangelical circles. They're uh, mostly Greek Orthodox or Catholic families. And they didn't know that there was a Christian music marketplace. They weren't trying to become uh, celebrities in the Christian music world. In fact, when they arrived into the gospel music spaces, they were like, who are all these bands? Like, why have we never heard of these people before? Like, they were guided into what ultimately became their big success, which was the Christian music marketplace. Uh, The mainstream uh, labels honestly just didn't know what to do with them or their music, didn't really find a niche or a home for them. So uh, they ended up becoming wildly successful in the Christian music marketplace with their debut release, Anybody Out There, which came out in 1998. It had hits like the song you just heard, Basic Instructions, also Treasures in Heaven, Mansions, the title cut, Anybody Out There, plus Eileen's song. And I mean, front to back, the whole album is full of uh, just memorable and deep and thoughtful songs that um, just based on how high of quality of musicianship these guys were bringing to the table, uh, these songs really do stand the test of time. And you can listen to the full album now, 25 years later, and, and really enjoy it. Well, um, that after that album released and they toured it for a couple of years the band eventually broke up and kind of disappeared for a while um and this was obviously uh early 2000s i think it was actually the year 2000 when they broke up uh so this was you know early internet days uh pre-social media pre-smartphones it was not easy for bands to stay in touch in any way shape or form so most people who followed and enjoyed burlap in their early years um, really lost touch and that's where the story ends it was about the year 2000 um, they did eventually come back and release two more albums in 2011 and 2015 but they don't tour as a band anymore they occasionally get together every year or two um, to do a spot date here or there or sometimes a, sh- a local show which is to them New York City and I've had the pleasure of getting to know the guys a bit more and kind of working with them several times I've probably booked a dozen different shows for them over the last eight or nine years so there's just kind of been this trust and, and camaraderie that's built Uh, So I reached out to the guys in early 2023, early this year, and said, hey, it's the 25th anniversary of your debut. You know, can we team up with you to maybe get the the original band back together and maybe do some fun projects, um, maybe something that could be released to the public? And, uh, you know, they thought about it and decided, yeah, let's let's go for it. And I'm glad they did. That led up to this last May, we helped to run a Kickstarter campaign with the band, and thanks to over 450 backers, it was successful and the most successful crowdfunding campaign in Burlap's career history. Because of that generosity, it's actually going to birth three big projects that are going to release to the public next year. Uh, One will be a full-length live album recorded at the Bitter End in New York City. The second will be a full feature-length documentary about the band and the history of the band. Um, And then the third is 
a full-length concert video of them performing live in New York City. And I have a little treat for you because uh, no one except the Kickstarter backers have heard this yet. But I'm going to give you a little sneak peek of one of the songs that's a part of this live album project. Um, now, this is an unmastered version of their 1998 song, Mansions. Um, we're just going to hear a little bit of it, but you're going to just hear how good these guys are and the quality of the recording too it's not even mastered and it's already sounding great it's going to be the best live album that they've ever put out so uh, i'm stoked about how this is turning out Eventually, that's going to be the first single that we released to kind of hype up the new live album. It is Burlap to Cashmere's Mansions Live from this year, which is going to be a part of the new live album and the new concert video. Um, uh, we just love it. So um, one of the rewards that was available as part of the Kickstarter campaign was to come to New York City and have a one-of-a-kind VIP fan weekend experience with the band. And that weekend took place at the beginning of this month, the first weekend of September. And because we want to invite you in and taste some of the goodness that happened, uh, for the rest of this uh, podcast episode, we're going to be uh, focusing on an audio recap of the fan weekend and uh, share some clips and some of the experience that took place. The UTR team actually arrived in New York City a couple of days early, mostly because we needed to do a lot of interviews and video recordings for the the upcoming documentary that we'll, that we're in the process of making. But it also gave us a chance to visit the home recording studio of lead guitarist for Burlap to Cashmere, Johnny Philippidis. And he gave us uh, a bit of an update on the crafting and making of this live album. All right, so check this out, Dave. So this is what I've been doing with his drums so far. I mean, what a difference, right? You 
far cry from what you heard from the other stuff, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's the reason why things have to go through this process. Yeah. You know, yeah. because otherwise you just get like, oh, here's the the bitter end mics. And right. It right. sounds like this. And I don't, I don't, I was telling Seth, like, I don't want to do another one of those. Right. And all that, all that is, is that it's Teddy's exact performance. It's just, yeah. you know, using the technology that all the bands use. Yeah. Which is like normally when you go hear a band play live, there's triggers on all the drums. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, but here, let me play you this real quick while they're setting up. Um, well, I haven't even I haven't talked to Teddy about this, but part of what you're saying, yeah, it, I've I've actually been in my head thinking because I think I think uh, the the temporary placeholder was to always kind of call this like live at Bitter End Two or live yeah. at Bitter End Volume Two, mm -hmm. which in some ways makes perfect like, sense, sense. marketing-wise it makes sense, but I feel like this is such a step above Yes, that it almost is its own thing. Well, that's why I was telling Seth, like, I don't want to put out another live at the bitter end that sounds like that last record, because I, yeah. God bless the guys who recorded it, you know, you only get two performances, and yeah. in the case of, of what, what you caught on tape, the technical problems that were happening on stage for us yeah. were so bad that we couldn't hear anything. Mm. And so it was like we needed like five more performances to, yeah. to perfect what we did. Right. But the idea that now we can make this sound better potentially than that other one. Yeah. So when Seth sent you the teasers, he said, look, I'm sending them to you now while yeah. you're on vacation. I listened to them. Like, All right, that's fine. Yeah. For a teaser. Yeah. He's like, don't worry. I told Dave already that you're psychotic. And then <laughs> these are going to have to sound better. And I was I, like, okay, okay, that's good. I, I like, mean, they sound fine. I mean, they sound good, too. I mean, it, it's, they sound good, but that. I mean, there's a difference there's between a, good and great, you know. That, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So yeah. they all will sound like this. Yeah. Day one of the Burlap Fan Weekend was on September 1. Our first gathering was an early dinner at 42nd Street Pizza, a long-standing Greek restaurant with... Of course, New York-style pizza as well. And I interrupted the fellows while they were eating. Uh, Here's the Hello. burlap guys. Hey, I thought this was the blooper reel that plays during the credits of the documentary. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, we could use, you know, multi-purpose this thing. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's so, cool. Yeah, yeah. so uh, um, maybe share a, a, a quick uh, word of hello to... Um, these are all folks that supported the Kickstarter campaign and... And we're excited to see you guys, you know, play again and stuff. We really appreciate the support and uh, the fact that you guys are still uh, interested in our music and really warms our hearts and we're, we're, we want to keep doing this. So thank you for everything. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, each of us? No. <laughs> I, you know what? I agree. <laughs> After dinner was really the highlight of day one, where we all went with Burlap on the Harbor Lights Cruise. Oh, it was a beautiful sunset boat ride all around New York City and an up-close-and-personal pass right by Lady Liberty. Hey guys! Hey, 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 what are you thinking of this uh, boat ride here? It's great, it's great, great. Very exciting, beautiful. Awesome. We didn't realize how beautiful our hometown really is until we went on this cruise. Seriously, it's really yeah. get yeah. to see a different side of it. I guess absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Any any factoids that he shared that stand out to you that oh, you didn't so know about? Many. 
so so many. Yeah. I can't think of one right now. Yeah, like, he threw a lot of information at us at once. It's, it's like, like the guy from the Micro Machines commercial. Yeah, it's like lemonade. We take it for granted. Like, yeah. I one, the one that stood out to me was uh, the I forget the the sugar factory. Whatever. Domino Sugar Factory. Domino, Domino. Sugar Factory and how once that shut down, it was the first time in like the history of New York that sugar wasn't being produced in the city. I, it's like, oh, that's so interesting. And yeah. that, that building is really interesting. When they first tried to make condos out of it, the city fought, like the residents fought, oh, it, yeah. fought it because it's a historic building. Yeah. And finally, commerce always commerce Real wins. estate always wins yeah. in New York City. Real yeah. estate is king. But what they've done with it is beautiful. With that glass top on it. Oh, right. And I hang out in right. Williamsburg right over there yeah. all the time. I'm always in Domino Park, right? Because yeah. it's right on the water and it's really pretty. And wow. There's a lot of great restaurants right there. Yeah. But yeah, you can see it from here. That, that glass top. Yeah. Inside. yeah and they saved the, the structure because in New York City, if you, if you tamper with a historic building and you keep the facade, you get a massive tax break. Wow. As long as you keep the facade wow. building. Okay. So they hollowed the whole building out. Yeah. Just kept, just kept the walls. Before enclosing walls. Wow. And started again. And if, if, when we go past it, you'll see the glass top is on, but the inside of the building's empty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is up here. There's the, the Domino Sugar building right there. Man, we packed in a lot of fun in just the first few hours of the fan weekend, and there was plenty more to come. Well, uh, let me take a minute just to share the news that um, not only are these UTR podcasts back for a new season, we also just restarted Song RX, a daily dose of inspiration, including a song of the day sent direct to your inbox. Instead of doing it every weekday, we're bringing it back as a three times a week feature every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Just recently, we featured songs by Burlap to Cashmere, Jars of Clay, Rich Mullins, and Need to Breathe, just to name a few. The best part is that it's 100% free for everyone on our email list. So, Feel free to join today at our website, utrmedia.org, or we'll put a link in today's show notes so you can sign up. When we come back, we'll recap days two and three of the Burlap to Cashmere Fan Weekend in New York City. This UTR podcast is sponsored by the new Kickstarter campaign for illustrator and graphic novelist Stephen Hesselman. You can help him create a beautiful hardcover adult coloring book using his original art. But hurry, the campaign ends on October the 16th. You can find it now on kickstarter.com or the link in today's show notes. Hi, this is Dave Trout, founder of UTR Media, and as a 501c3 nonprofit, we receive financial support from a variety of means. The biggest and most important is from donations from friends just like you. And we also get support from our sponsors. If you've listened to our podcast in the past, you've heard some of our sponsors, and they're not big corporations like Cracker Barrel or Build-A-Bear Workshop. 
I don't know why those two came to mind. But they are actually independent creators, folks just like you, who are releasing new albums, books, films, podcasts, tours, or maybe Kickstarters. We love to help get the word out about those new projects. And at the same time, it's doing good too, because that sponsorship is supporting the work of UTR. We only take a small number of sponsors each month, and so we rarely talk about it out loud, because just with word of mouth alone, our sponsorship slots have been sold out for almost the entire last four years. When we took a break from producing podcasts in early spring of this year, we actually shut down all sponsorship opportunities as well and said no to everyone. Well, now that our podcasts are back, we are saying yes once again. So it's a blank slate. And starting now, we're going to be filling up sponsorship slots for fall, winter, and spring of 2023 and 2024. We know that independent art creators need to stretch every dollar. So we keep our sponsorship rates super affordable and we give you the best bang for the buck. And if you are an indie singer-songwriter that's been featured on UTR, on our website, podcast, playlist, SongRx, or any of our content, you get an additional 40% off. Sign up for a sponsorship early for the most schedule flexibility. You can get more information at utrmedia.org or find a link in today's show notes. Let's face it, it's hard to look cool when your minivan speakers are cranking Sandra McCracken or the latest episode from The Bible Project. So the least we can do is help you look like a baller while you jam to your melancholy folk songs. That's why UTR's latest contest is for a kicking pair of Beat Solo 3 wireless headphones. Beat Solo 3 wireless headphones. You can win the headphones for free and make your neighbors think you're listening to Tupac Shakur while you're mowing your lawn, while in reality, it's tunes by Sarah Gross. Enter UTR's contest for Beat Solo 3 headphones for free at utrmedia.org. Again, that's utrmedia.org. Welcome back to Season 7, Season Premiere of Green Room Door. I'm Dave Trout. As we recap the Burlap to Cashmere Fan Weekend experience in New York City from early September, we are in the middle at day number two of our weekend. It was the fullest and biggest day, and we spent all of our time at the Bitter End, a historic music venue in Lower Manhattan. It's considered New York City's oldest rock club. It opened in 1961, and the city of New York gave it a landmark status in the year 1992. Why? Because a who's who of both comedian and musicians have come through the doors of the bitter end, including Janis Joplin, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, Lady Gaga, George Carlin, Neil Young, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Adina Menzel, Lana Del Rey, Gavin DeGraw, Joan Baez, Richard Pryor, Billy Crystal, Stevie Wonder, Taylor Swift, and of course, our guys, Burlap to Cashmere. Well, you can only imagine how we all felt, just by the nature of how many legends have come and played on that stage. It it makes it almost like a sacred space in the world of 
of folk and rock music and it was just an honor to hang out at this club and enjoy each other's company for this special weekend event. The first thing on the schedule was to watch the world premiere of the special Burlap to Cashmere documentary that was kickstarted in May, uh, except there was one problem. We don't have a complete documentary. And there was no way we could have a complete documentary because we're still making the thing. We're still collecting interviews. In fact, that weekend was the first time we were able to have sit-down interviews with all the band members. So we figured out one possible solution. My co-producer, Chris Cameron, and myself uh, worked to take the footage that we had in hand from our various interviews and recording sessions that we've already had and put together kind of a faux documentary just based on what we already had. And at first we thought it could be a nice little 15, 20 minute something to show this crowd that's gathered at the bitter end. And as we put it together, um, it turned out to be a full 43 minutes mini film and it was actually quite entertaining to watch. And it, it, it was a fun view of uh, some of the, the interviews that we, we already had in hand. I hit record just as the film was ending. And uh, then we had a, a really great conversation about what people saw. We got feedback and, and, and ideas for what the finished product could be. So let's go inside the bitter end and hear some of that. So it's just kind of a, a labor of love and uh, something that we're we want to give to the fans and want. I mean, and in some ways, it's especially this cut of it is kind of like a love letter to Burlap because it's like you get to hear people talking about you and <laughs> reminiscing about the impact you've had in, in their lives as musicians and things like that. So hopefully that's fun. Is there any, like I'm kind of just curious? Is there any sort of a highlight to you just because we're gonna have to rearrange and chop up a lot of this so there's something that kind of that you would love to see continue into the next version I, I really love what you guys had on tape here I think the interviews were incredible um, my songwriter mind is kicking in as in the editing process right when the final cut comes out yeah of like Continuing, like for example, when Steve Taylor would talk about the bad stuff that was happening, yeah, maybe give that room to breathe with more interviews within that text, okay, so that the story of like of hearing about that and then going, 
Because when I see like going clear, right, and they'll like, there's this lady that talks about John Travolta. Remember that, that part where she talks about John Travolta? And for about, you get a good at least four or five minutes of that story, mm. you know, with different cuts of that story. Yeah. And I'm wondering if we could um, make make it more sort of make it more of of a focus with within the story that the stories breathe a little bit more by editing some of the conversations within it so that it's more like story. So like, because I wanted to hear more when Steve Taylor was talking about the bad stuff, I was like. Ah. And then it was like, I remember when Brother Cashman played a festival, they were great. I was right. like, no, I want to hear more about that. I wanted to breathe, you know? So, that's so I guess my only question would be, and I don't yeah. mean, I'm not trying to push back. Yeah. My only question is, and I'm really asking you guys, yeah. are you interested in that as the band, or or do you think that that's, it does, that's and, what and, the fans and, are? And Dave, I'm sorry I'm being, uh, no, I, I, uh, I, I, love, I love what's up there, that's why I'm excited. Um, this is really good. It doesn't good. matter the topic. I think it's okay. In just, general, because it just kind of was choppy. It was. It was. It was. Yeah, choppy. I wouldn't use a negative term like that. It wasn't choppy. It was. It was well executed. But I just wanted to hear. So if there was a focus on any topic, yeah. I'd like for that to breathe a little bit more. And and I'm. I think it's interesting to hear about the to hear the fact that we just did not fit in. I think yeah. That's. Interesting. To me, that was a big also. If, if 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 you get to the point of the story where they start talking about the negative things, how hard we were to deal with, and how constantly we were in trouble, and all these things, it needs to hit, mm -hmm. right? So, in a scenario where you have Steve Taylor, who the worst thing that he said was, "These guys, I met them, they were very young, and they seemed younger." I feel like that means that like the negativity. And I, I don't know if everyone agrees with yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. We need to draw. I, I feel like a, if you watch a documentary, and it's soft around all of the points, and I understand there is to a degree it has to be, because Easy. we're not going to sit and and curse each other out, because then we have to work with each other, right? Right. right. Uh -huh. And so we don't want to ruin that. We don't want it that severe. But I think like when it starts to get to a point where you're talking about some negative aspects, there are a lot of real negative aspects, and maybe that needs to be communicated. Because yeah. for the viewer, if it's if it just sort of stays here and maybe our right, negative goes here and then positive is here and then it needs to I think be um, more dramatic in how it hits. Because okay. to us, we know we, we would we, you know we were there we knew yeah, yeah like it's too we knew what it was like and it was more severe. Off my clothes on stage in the middle of the yeah, church. I mean, we would play a Baptist church <laughs> and, and Johnny, Johnny took his shirt, shirt off right under the, the crucifix. Yeah. <laughs> Under the crucifix, yeah. and they well, lost their mind. Right? Yeah. Well, they were in a lot of trouble. With a cigarette in my ear. With a cigarette, yeah. A cigarette in his ear while he was playing in a church with no shirt on. Yeah. Playing a solo, and the cigarette goes flying out of all out of his ear, right front and center on the stage in a church. Yeah. I would just that's a reenactment. Totally, I'll put on a wig. No, you did do a great job, David Chris. That was only about half of the notes, ideas, suggestions that the band gave to us in that little conversation section. It was so valuable, and it's actually going to help make the finished documentary that much better. The next part of the day was a live Q&A with the band, and we're just going to kind of skip over that section, and we'll tell you why in a little bit. Then, day number two concluded 
with an evening private concert at the bitter end with burlap to cashmere they played a full set of songs and uh, man it was so good and it was just for this uh the the weekend warriors that came for this fan experience it was pretty epic um and so so that you get to have a little taste of that um here is uh this is not a professional recording but just something that we bootlegged from that concert on september 2nd
Ah, yes, that song Tonight you can find on their self-titled 2011 project. And that was the bootlegged version recorded on September 2nd at the Burlap to Cashmere Fan Weekend live at the Bitter End. Well, what happened on day three during the fan weekend? Uh, well, it was mostly kind of a, a hangout time. We had um, a, a kind of a brunch, lunch type thing together in Brooklyn. And uh, and then we kind of said our farewells after that. Um, so not a whole lot to record, but I did want to capture some of the comments from some of the fans that participated. First, here is Tony from Ohio followed by Kim from Ohio. The Burlap to Cashmere Fan Weekend gave me the chance to get to know the band even better, both individually and collectively. I was able to talk to each member one-on-one, plus I got the chance to witness the camaraderie between them, see how they interact amongst each other. The band showed us the venue that meant a lot to them, The Bitter End, where they recorded their original EP. Best of all, they showed us their entire town. We took a cruise on the Hudson River, and they pointed out areas of interest, so we got to see the setting that inspired the band. The fan weekend was a lot of fun. It was so great to be able to see the sights of New York and spend some time with the band. And here's some thoughts from Jacob in New York. Uh, my name is Jacob. I grew up in uh, suburban Philly, Pennsylvania. Moved here to New York City 10 years ago. And uh, yeah, I grew up listening to Burlap to Cashmere, and it's been really wild to rediscover them, realize how much the city I live in now is part of their upbringing and making music as well. Yeah. And uh, what was what was it like for you to be a part of the weekend, the fan weekend? It's wild how how casual it all was. You know, it's strange that uh, I have memories, 15 years old, just listening to these voices, and now I'm eating breakfast with them. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's not quite starstruck because they're all great guys to hang out with, but also not casual because these guys their music meant a lot to me um, that's what i think the documentary is going to be about well hope you enjoyed this ride through the burlap to cashmere fan weekend we're so happy that we could at least give you a little bit of a taste of it through this audio recap and a few minutes ago i mentioned that there was a q a session with the band and even audience members got to ask questions um, and the reason why we glossed over it is because, yes, you noticed in the title, this is part one. There is a part two to this Burlap to Cashmere hangout. And on the next episode of Green Room Door, we're going to feature that entire Q&A session with the band. And it was some good, juicy stuff. They talked quite a bit about um, you know, being this New York band on the rise that got sort of unexpectedly thrust into the Christian music marketplace, a place where it was like a square peg in a round hole. So we're going to share that full Q&A discussion time and that full session on the next episode of Green Room Door. But we can't leave this episode without giving a couple of very big special thanks. One, we need to thank the band Burlap to Cashmere. Thank you for your involvement, your working with us, and the access you gave us to hang out with you and get to tell your story. This is uh, just one of the most exciting, creative things that I've ever been a part of. Uh, Second, we need to thank the UTR support team because there's a 
a generous group of people that support the work of UTR and allow us to make podcasts like this and allow us to give them away for free. Um, if you believe in what we're doing and want to be a part of that support team, you can sign up at utrmedia.org. All songs used on this episode are with permission or under fair use provisions. I'm Dave Trout, and I'll talk to you on the next episode of Green Room Door, a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and online at utrmedia.org.